0: Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The
1: multi award winning Niall Boylan Show.
2: Ireland's classic hits.
1: The fiasco at Dublin Airport today, and I see just as we speak, by the way. Um, some tweets come in about it as well Uh, Senator Sharon Kyogen has just tweeted this is unacceptable in a modern society to bring in the defence forces to support the administration if the DAA can't do their job in a timely manner our country can't afford these inefficiencies and it's embarrassing And she uh, tagged Eamon Ryan and Simon Covenant because of course the suggestion is now that we should bring in the defence forces to have the DAA now this was uh, obviously mooted some time ago uh, by Michael O'Leary from Ryanair now the head of communications for the airport and the DAA, DAA. have said uh, well over a 1,000 passengers missed their flights yesterday. I'm sure everybody who saw social media yesterday, Dublin Airport was trending on social media yesterday because of the lengthy. Lengthy is actually an embarrassment of a word, to be honest, which is an understatement of a word. Lengthy queues at Dublin Airport yesterday where many people missed their flights. Joining me is Labour Councillor and former Lord Mayor Dermot Lacey who was tweeting on the manor yesterday. Good afternoon to you, Dermot. Good afternoon, Neil. How are you? Now, you yourself actually were in the thick of it, so to speak. I was. It was the
3: first time I've flown, I don't know, in about four or five years, maybe even longer, to be honest with you. Like most and people, I, I imagine,
1: I, at this stage, yeah.
3: Yeah, but even <laughs> long before COVID. To be honest, I don't really travel that much outside the country, so I was over going to Amsterdam on a cancer-related issue. But I could not believe how badly handled, I mean, not alone with queue going on forever... But there was no organisation. There was no sort of ropes between the parallel lines in many places. There was no information. Uh, I was really genuinely embarrassed for mm-hmm. the country uh, with other tourists in the line. And I really believe the DAA have an enormous amount of answer. And, you know, in response well, you to heard their statements. They senators.
1: said a blip. They called it a blip.
3: Well, I don't know whether it was a blip or not, because I haven't been in the airport, you know, for a long time, as I said. But it was a disgrace. Uh, I mean, a simple, uh, I, I was delayed for about an additional hour yesterday, because when I went into the airport, they pointed to one queue. I went into that queue, but at, about half an hour later, uh, somebody came along and said, no, that next down there for baggage check-in, this is for security. A simple sign Saying that at the door would have helped. I then had to go to the back of the queue, and it added about an hour on to the line. I'm not cribbing for myself, but there was old people in that queue. There was mothers and fathers with babies. Uh, There were tourists. It was a shambles. It really was an extraordinary shambles. And, you know, the airport authority might say it's a blip, but the reality is that they haven't recruited staff. They haven't trained staff. They weren't prepared for it. And, you know, I heard a statement from Senator Kerry. but, you know, Senator Keary is a member of the Oireachtas, she's, she's part of the government, and, you know, it, it, there's a little bit of party politic in of her blaming the Minister for Transport. Governments are collective decisions, and, you know, when you sign up, and I, I'm a member of the Labour Party, we signed up for some difficult things, and, you know, got to blame for it, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and, you know, so be it, that, that's life. But Senator Kerry cannot pass the blame on to, you know, Eamon Ryan alone because, you know, he's a Green minister. This is a collective government shambles. Well, he, well, well but
1: ultimately, somebody has to be responsible. He is minister for transport, so he it, has it, to it take is, some level of responsibility.
3: Co- of course he has to take responsibility. Yeah. But you see, there is an issue in Ireland, and I've been talking about this for the last couple of months, over the last twenty years or so, Irish society has delegated responsibilities to all sorts of authorities with the National Transportation Authority, with the HS, HSE, we've on Bora Panola, with Dublin Airports Authority. And what, what setting up those independent bodies does is it removes responsibility from many politicians and they say, Oh, that's the authority's fault, that's the chief executive's fault and so forth. We need far more to democratize our society so that politicians are in charge of and are accountable but our present system you know allows senior politicians off the hook and says oh no that's the authority's responsibility that's the hse's responsibility that's the nta's responsibility and in this case it's the dublin airport's authority's responsibility but they are all following government policies government policies are telling them to cut costs to reduce standards because uh, funding of all of these bodies is not what it should be. So we need to fund the Dublin Airport Authority properly. We need to manage it properly. We need to give people good jobs. Do you remember when you were growing up? My
1: father uh, worked job, in the airport. A, a job in Dublin Airport was brilliant. Yeah, my father worked there for was, 30 yeah. years. Yeah. Well, there you go. One of the best jobs that, that you could that you could but get. Bus, I mean, but, here, but Dermot, I can tell you now, when my father worked there, okay, you know, most of the staff are probably robbing the place blind and it was losing millions every year. Aer Lingus and Dublin Airport or Aerienta as it was called at the time. It wasn't the DAA, it was Aerienta. We're losing millions. So something had to be done. Now, Willie Walsh, of course, Willie Walsh was brought in and in fairness, I believe he did a good job at turning Aer Lingus around and turning Dublin Airport around. Now, he was obviously nabbed by British Airways and is doing a wonderful job there too. But what I'm saying to you is, What led to this situation? To say this was a blip is nonsense because this is about the fifth or sixth time this has happened in the last two months, right? It started back in March. Now, this is uh, uh, exceptional, what's happening. Now, I know there are situations around Europe where this is happening. And a lot of it, by the way, COVID is to blame for a lot of this. And by the way, Jeremy, can I just say your own party, the Labour Party, by the way, were all for zero COVID and lockdowns. So in fairness, (laughs) Dublin Airport was affected mostly by COVID, more so than many other businesses, including hospitality as well. But in saying that, a lot of staff abandoned the airport because it was closed for so long, essentially. When I say closed, there was limited amount of flights. So yeah. it was really badly affected. And it was hard for Dublin Airport to get that staff back You know, I'm not letting them off the hook here, right? But I mean, so the government does have to bear some of the responsibility for what is happening and help to rectify this situation. Now, don't get me wrong, there are individuals who are organising, and I, I could tell you a simple solution to this. It's, when I say simple, it's a little bit more complicated than simple. But if people were, like, a lot of times, only two days ago, Dublin Airport were putting out tweets saying, please don't arrive more than two and a half hours before your flight time. Then yesterday they were putting out a tweet saying, please arrive before two and a half hours because uh, you're, you're going to miss your flight otherwise. There's so many mixed messages. People have lost <laughs> faith in the system that they had. And now you've got a situation where somebody is at the back of the queue, a two-hour queue, who's due on a flight in an hour's time. And you have somebody at the front of the queue who's due on a flight in seven hours' time. So you've got a whole mishmash of people who shouldn't be in that queue because they've lost faith in the system. Because there's incompetence.
3: Neil, I, I could say, give you the simple answer and say I agree with you, uh, and I do agree with most of what, what, what you're saying, but we have to get a resolution. And one of the resolutions is to recruit more staff on proper wages and proper terms and conditions. would
1: not agree with you part of, the, yep.
3: part of the problem is they're offering for short-term contracts, zero-hour contracts, lower wages. We, the, the big problem yesterday was was lack of staff.
1: Mm-hmm. We need
3: to get people back working on the ground, but people want that. Well
1: to that's security. part of the problem, pe- lack pe- of staff.
3: Yeah. Well, there was management and all of that, but I yeah. mean, even if there had been some people on the ground telling people what to do, telling them how long they were going to be and so forth, it, w- it would have helped, but there was no information. I-, I think the way in which bodies like the Board of the Dublin Airport Authority are appointed, needs to be looked at. You know, what sort of people do we have on us? Are there people who experienced problems on the ground? Um, how do we ensure that the consumers is represented, the regular flyer is represented and so forth? We don't have any of those in, in our society. What we, ha- what we do is we appoint people uh, based on all sorts of other reasons, some political, some business-related, some commercial, but we don't necessarily appoint people who can run bodies like that. And that all comes back to the decision that started somewhere in the mid-1980s, uh, 1990s, where governments have consistently removed themselves uh, from governing, and we set up all these independent bodies. And my view is very simple. When you set up independent bodies, you move the power from the politicians, and when you move the power from the politicians, you move the power from the people. I, well then, Dearman, and I need you, to reverse
1: uh, that. Okay. Are you saying that it was a mistake that the Irish yes. government allowed it to be privatised between 2006 and 2015, because it's wholly owned a subsidiary now of International Airlines Group, I uh,
3: Absolutely, absolutely, I do, yeah.
1: So you believe that was a mistake to, to allow I think, uh, it to privatise? I, I, I don't think every fish and chip shop in Dublin should be, you know, state owned.
3: Mm. But I think there are certain important state infrastructure that should be absolutely owned and run uh, by the state and for the state. Now, run by the, when I say run by the state, I'm talking about run efficiently uh, by the state and with a degree of sort of commercial common sense. Mm. But they should be run in the state's interests. And I don't think that happens anymore. And I, that is part of the problem of, of the sort of privatisation that we've had. And the same applies, for example, to the waste services, where we have four and five different companies driving up to one street every morning because we, we, we privatised it and took it out of local government
1: hands. Mm. I mean, you know, do, well, did the DAA have said, now, the biggest weekend this weekend, the June Bank holiday weekend, okay, uh, they're expecting hundreds of thousands of passengers to go to Dublin Airport this weekend. Um, they're saying it's not going to happen again. But here's the problem everybody has seen what's happened this weekend and now anybody if I was booked on a flight on Saturday off to Spain and my flight was at 12 o'clock I'd be arriving at 4 in the morning because we've seen what's happened already so this is going to create a huge problem and it comes back to the fact that people have lost faith and not only that I listened to a doctor today who works in Liverpool an Irish doctor he was uh, I think a uh, brain surgeon as far as I know and he said that he goes back and forward regularly and he said it wasn't just the delays it wasn't just the fiasco of the queues he said when he got in there he said and I'm using his words the place was in squalor he said the toilets hadn't been cleaned the sinks hadn't been cleaned the floors hadn't been cleaned the bins are overflowing he said it's a disaster from start to finish he said it's actually shameful
3: well I, I have to say in fairness, it, when I went in it wasn't in squalor but we did have a laugh because when we eventually arrived in at the uh, when we eventually arrived in to the uh, check-in area we all went up to have a cup of coffee did, did you get the, a cup of coffee? <laughs> the, 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 the person told us the coffee machine was broken No so sort of, After so all that it, it, it sort of added to the whole, whole occasion uh, but it was sort of the final last
1: so,
0: But somebody, uh, of, of
1: Okay but look I mean the bottom line is we know Covid originally caused the problem right but we should be past that point and most everybody else has to get on with it I know hospitality are crying as well because they need staff too but they just have to get on with it I and mean, we're working on it right? <laughs> But should somebody be responsible? I know people have been called before the Oireachtas, um to answer questions. But I mean, ultimately, you know, if you were a manager of a football team, for example, and your team was losing, I mean, you'd be out of a job. I mean, you Absolutely. could accept this on one occasion, but not if this is happening constantly for the last two or three months now.
3: Yes, I think somebody should be responsible. And that, that's why in all of the bodies I've listed above, and including the Dublin Air Charity we need to give responsibility back to the political system uh, to deal with these things because our present structures of governing this country allow ministers to wash their hands of all mm-hmm. of these agencies under the control, and that's not good for Ireland. It's not good for the Irish people, and needs to be reversed.
1: And and, and finally, I, I was shocked to hear, by the way, from the DAA because a question was asked. You know, un, unlike any other business, they know exactly how many passengers are coming in and out of Dublin Airport, right? It's not like any other business you know, because everybody has to buy a bloody ticket. But according to the DAA, that information is not shared with them from the airlines, because I'm assuming there's some sort of GDPR issue. I don't know. But mind you, they should know by the amount of planes that are taking off and landing and working out. But it's not... It's basic mathematics. Many people sit in an aeroplane. I'm assuming most were full this weekend.
3: Absolutely, Neil. Look, GDPR, it's like the health and safety of the old days. It's used as an excuse by so many bodies not to do anything. And we, we need so many discussions in this country about how the public service operates. I, I support the public service. I believe we need a strong public service in this country. But we need an accountable public service. Uh, and we need a public service that is answerable to the, to the public whom it is set up to serve. Too many agencies now, now seem to me to be established for their own good rather than the good of the customers. And that
1: needs to be changed. All right. Well, listen. Thank you very much indeed, and I appreciate you coming Good in. Good to the talk air. to you. Thanks, Labour Councillor and former Lord Mayor Dermot Lacey, who couldn't get a cup of coffee in the end because the coffee machine was broken. I think that was the least of people's worries yesterday. But for Dermot, God bless him, he couldn't get his coffee. Over a thousand passengers. I'm sure that's a conservative estimate, by the way. Uh, didn't get to get on their flights yesterday. I feel sorry for anybody going away this weekend. The DAA have trying to reassure people to arrive on time and not too early that they have it all on hand. I don't trust them. I don't believe them. I think people have lost faith in the DAA and Dublin Airport at this stage. So what's going to happen again this weekend is people who are on a flight for two o'clock in the afternoon are going to be arriving at three and four in the morning. You're going to have massive queues because everybody's arriving at the same time. There's an easy fix for this. When you're booking online, it gives you an exact time to arrive. And if you don't arrive at that time, you're late. You don't get your flight. If you do arrive at that time, you're allowed in and you go along your way. If you arrive too early, you have to wait. That's the way it should be done. The same way as they do it in theme parks, for example, in America. It's a very good system and it works well, provided they have the staff. If they make a hames of it and people miss their flights like they did yesterday... I believe those people not only should get re uh, obviously be given another flight. Uh, Many of those people were given other flights. Some didn't get other flights. But you can imagine a family say they were heading off to Florida or Spain or somewhere nice. You know, two adults, two children. They've been saving up for years for it. You know, dad and mom have taken time off work, whatever it is. And they arrived to that fiasco yesterday and then they don't get on the flight because they've missed their flight by an hour because they couldn't get to security in time or immigration or whatever it is because of the whole, all the delays. I not only would be looking for my refund on my flight or to be given another flight, I would be suing them for compensation for the damage that you have destroyed somebody's holiday, their accommodation already booked, their car hire booked, or whatever else they had booked. I would sue them for everything because it's complete and utter incompetence. That's all it is. It's nothing more than that, nothing less than that. Oh, let's take some of your audio, by the way, as well, in relation to this. A lot of people making comments about it.
4: Hi, Niall. Um, I was in Dublin Airport yesterday and I had booked Fast Track. And um, for me to get through Fast Track yesterday, it took over an hour. An hour. Um, I've never seen duty free and the bars as quiet because anyone that got through security were running for flights. i seen one girl actually take her shoes off so she could run for her flight. It's so badly disorganised. There was no sign of a fast track. It was just people everywhere. They were running around like headless chickens, yes. see. Um, it was just ridiculous. They really, Dublin Airport really need to get their act together because there is no organization nobody seems to know what's going on and um, but yeah it is chaotic Um, lucky enough it wasn't that bad as in the queues weren't outside when I got there yesterday but it was chaotic Uh, Debbie here in sunny Portugal love the show thanks bye
1: Well I hope you're having a good time in sunny Portugal she obviously eventually got to Portugal I'm so jealous of you Debbie so jealous of you probably lying by a pool with her earbuds in at the moment as we speak sipping a cocktail but in saying that many people weren't as lucky and didn't get to she missed out on the queues at the start thankfully at the time she got there there wasn't could you imagine I don't know whether you've seen the videos on RTE and everywhere else of the queues outside, these kind of twisty queues outside up and down the ramp. I mean, if you join the end of that queue, you might as well forget about it. You're not getting on your flight. And I, I there was one couple, actually, they were heading off to Italy, I think it was. And essentially, they got to the gate eventually. They got there about 10 minutes before the flight took off, but the gate had just about closed. They were taking their luggage off the plane. They said, look, we're here, we're here. We can get on the plane. They said, no, sorry, I'm taking your luggage off the plane. now. won't be getting on. I mean, there's no cooperation. You could think on the, under those circumstances. I know the schedule has to run as it has to run. But you think under those circumstances and the unforeseen circumstances the unusual circumstances they had yesterday, the airlines themselves would have said, well, hold on for a second. Let's give a little five minute bit of grace here for two people. Five minutes. God, they could make that up in the air by putting the boot down. Couldn't they? The pilots do that all the time. The number's 087-188-0008. That's 087-188-0008. Let me know what you think. All right, keep texting, keep WhatsApping. The number's 087-188-0008. Now, let me go to also former Lord Mayor. A Lord Mayor's talking today, isn't there? Or former Lord Mayor's. And Councillor Christy Burke. Good afternoon to you, Christy. Good afternoon, man. I was just speaking to one of your colleagues, Jeremy Lacey, a little bit earlier on there. When I say your colleague, also former Lord Mayor as well. Uh, and obviously he was disappointed. Not only could he get his, not get his cup of coffee, but he was disappointed by the mismanagement, yes, because he himself went out to Dublin Airport and they couldn't even put a piece of string between the queues. Uh, it seems like a complete disaster, Christy.
0: Well, what I find a disaster, maybe, is um, that the length of the queues, uh, they're telling, making statements, telling them to come on the short flights two and a half hours before and four hours before on the international flights. Um, And that queue then amalgamates, and nobody knows who's going out first or who's going on the short or the long flights, and that's a disaster. Mm -hmm. But the other disaster that I've witnessed and noticed, and I've had calls on to no end over the last number of days, there's no medical personnel on site or uh, along the queues where there could be people with diabetes there could be people with families there could be people of a certain age there could be people collapsing there's no water stations there's no coverage in the event of rain there's absolutely nothing it is a total disaster and i called this morning i put out a statement dirty to bring in the army let's think outside the box because DAA have just come out recently in the last hour or so that it was a beep over the weekend. They set up the last one the weekend before last, and it was a disaster. Now, we now have a long weekend. And also, I think one of the main issues now here in relation to this issue is that the company are not employing adequate numbers of personnel, and if they are, are not giving them an adequate wage they're giving them probably below the minimum wage of 20 hours per week absolutely disgrace should hang their head in shame for even suggestion suggesting such uh, a contract but we're told today now it will be we'll be sorry well essentially
1: it's, they're telling people it's a part-time job i suppose from that point of view they aren't them? Because them saying, yeah yeah, yeah you, you're not guaranteed the hours. No, Christy, uh, you know, you're right in what you're saying, and people should be paid properly for a for a, de- well, a decent and responsible job, by the way, can I point out?
0: Absolutely. But, is, but, sure. but again,
1: I, as I said to Dermot, it's not just the queues. The queues are a disgrace, right? And now people have lost faith in the DAA, so the same thing is going to happen again. They're claiming it's not going to happen this weekend. It will happen this weekend, because people are all going to arrive at the same time at 4 o'clock in the morning to go out for a flight at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, right? Mm-hmm. But the other problem is, and I heard as I said, a, a surgeon earlier on, that he goes back and forward to Liverpool all the time, and he's he said he believed from his his opinion uh, observations that not only was the queues a disaster and the anger and you can imagine the anger there yesterday but he said the place was squalor when you went inside he said the toilets are not being cleaned the bins are overflowing the floor was filthy he said just from a hygienic point of view he said the place is, is in, he said he was actually ashamed of the airport which sure, that speaks for itself now the
0: fact that he'd no staff to address the security and check-in issues it was it, it's inevitable that they've no staff to go on the hygiene trip of the cleaning and the toilets and emptying the bins. It's a disaster, I believe, from the start on the outside, and then when you get inside, you may be faced with another two-hour delay. So really and truly, management really need to uh, soul search, and maybe there needs to be moves there. Maybe there needs to be new people on the block brought in who can manage and, and run the show. But at this moment in time, what seems to be there at the moment does not seem to be capable of running the show or making very clear statements of communicating to the public and to even to categorise the short trips, the Liverpool guys and women, to the, compare that to the long uh, overhaul trips.
1: Okay, and in, know, rela- in, re- in relation to the response, and somebody has to take responsibility for that yesterday because over a thousand people, and I reckon that's a conservative estimate, I don't think we're getting honest figures here. Absolutely. Uh, uh, missed their flights yesterday. Many some of those might have got rescheduled on a later flight. Some did, a lot didn't. There could have been families who saved for years, people taking time off work, their accommodation was booked, their car was booked, whatever else. People
0: going for funerals, Absolute, absolutely, absolutely.
1: Okay, and our uh, weddings or whatever it happens to be. But the the point is, should they be all compensated? Because I, I believe they're getting their, they'll get a refund on their flights or they'll get a reschedule on their flights, but is that good enough? Somebody no, should be not. taking responsibility. It's,
0: it's, no, here. it's not good enough yet. I mean, you know, the money can't buy that. Uh, that complete mayhem, the disappointment, the frustration, the anger, as you rightly so say, uh, the getting up at 3 a.m. in the morning to be out at the airport at 4 and then to be just... Comp- you know, it's not about compensation. It's about running a proper and adequate and dignified system that doesn't create mayhem for the general public of the country
1: and indeed its visitors. And, and look, it's not a cheap service, let's be clear about that. No. People pay good money for a flight. Absolutely. So it's not a cheap service. Okay, but getting back to the army now, of course, you know, Eddie Wilson also Michael O'Leary in the past has said that, you know, the army should be brought in. And yes, of course, the army are already guard vetted uh, I assume so, anyway. Uh, the army would be guard vetted And there was a suggestion this morning that, if the army came in, they could be responsible for patting people down at security or organisational. You, you believe that would be acceptable?
0: I think it's outside the box and I think you have to take the measures in order to serve the public. Yes, and maybe bring Michael O'Leary in on top of it because he, can, he seems to be well uh, capable of running the show. Um, I do believe that the army personnel, didn't we bring them in for covid
1: well, yeah, but that's under different circumstances. That was under a public health issue. Mind you, I didn't agree with a lot of that either, but, however, but that was for public health reasons. It's a completely different reason. I, I, I just don't know. Actually, do me a favour, Christy. Could you just hang on there for a second? Because I just want to bring in Senator Sharon Keoghan, who just uh, put up a tweet about this. And she said, This is unacceptable in a modern society. Bring in our defence forces to support the administration if the DEA can't do the job in a timely manner. Our country can't afford these inefficiencies. It's embarrassing. So, Sharon, you'd also be in favour of that.
5: Absolutely, and the, the army have been brought in on a number of occasions before. They were brought in the times when I think the public bins went on the strike uh, many, many years ago. They were brought here in and meet here when we had water shortages. They were brought in here throughout the country the time we had the snow uh, mm. snowfalls, very heavy snowfalls. Look at,
0: clearly, all our and systems, and, and, all and our systems strikes, yeah, are yeah. breaking
5: down after COVID. All our systems, whether it be What's happening at the airport there, what's happening in our health, and what's happening in in, in housing, things are not working as they should be after COVID. Um, And whatever the reason may be, it's not acceptable that people have to queue five, six, seven hours and they miss their flight. They haven't been out of the country for for the last number of years. This is probably their, their first holiday since 2020. And it is unacceptable that they should be treated so, in the manner that they're treated yesterday at Dublin Airfor- Airport like capital in a grid.
1: I've asked Christy and I asked Jeremy Lacey just before that as well. Uh, Senator Sharon Kyogen, who do you believe ultimately the book stops with? Does it stop with the DAA? Who, by the way, they described it as a blip. That was the word they used this morning, mind you. This is about their seventh or eighth blip in the last six or seven weeks. Uh, uh, but it, does it stop with them or does it, is it the Minister for Transport that needs to obviously call them before the Oireachtas as well?
5: It, it, it stops particularly with the minister. Now you can't say they didn't know those fifty thousand people uh, travelling to the airport yesterday. They knew that in advance. Of course they did. And, and the reality is the reality is also the short term contracts that they're giving to uh, future employees. Who will take a contract for fifteen, twenty hours in this day and age? No, the, I don't
1: think. I don't, take, unless you specifically only want a part time, you know, job. Or, yeah
5: A part time, a part time role job. But most, and but they, obviously those those roles are specifically probably for early mornings. Uh, until early afternoons, they're the times that are uh, the 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 heaviest traffic is going through the airport. They're the times that are needed, and not many people will be available for those fifteen
1: twenty hours of bed to do that job. But 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 Christy points out even not only just in relation to what happened yesterday the security first was a, was a mismanagement yesterday people organising outside it's not covered as Christy rightly points out you could have elderly people out there and I was already saying to Ashley this morning my producer we were talking about this what would happen if you were in that zigzag of a queue with maybe three hours ahead of you thinking I need to go to the bathroom I mean or absolutely. I need a glass or an elderly person as Christy points out rightly needs a glass of water or it starts raining or you have to use well or, we're very or use it
5: Absolutely, they were very, very lucky that the weather was as good as it was. But, you know, it, people obviously may need the bathroom. People are travelling with very young children. It is, look, at it's grossly unfair. The buck stops with the minister. You have to find a solution to the problem when it presents itself. The army are there. They, they should be used. They can be used. And if... if it's going to happen again next weekend. Well, Eamon, Ryan, clearly Eamon, clearly Eamon Ryan, just, just news
1: just coming in there. Eamon Ryan has just instructed Dublin Airport Authority to provide solutions within 24 hours to ensure the chaos witnessed at the weekend doesn't happen again. But calling in the army, he says, isn't the answer.
5: Well, it may not be the answer uh, for him, but it certainly is the answer for the people that are, that are standing there in the queues for six, seven hours, uh, hours at a time. I mean, the army are well-equipped to do this. Absolutely well-equipped to do this. And they, they are there on hand, in, in emergency situations, and this is an emergency situation. What type of message are we sending out to 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 uh, other co- to people that are travelling here? What type of message are we sending out to foreign foreign investors that are coming here? What type of message are we sending out to the taxpayers? Of this country. Well it
1: just looks we like I mean to be honest with you better. I deserve you know, better. We got a message earlier on today um, into the radio station and I'll be honest with you I couldn't disagree with it more or I couldn't disagree with it at all to be honest with you Ireland just doesn't seem ready for tourism because we invite tourists over here uh, they'd be ripped off for the price of a car rental they'd be ripped off in a hotel and then when they're trying to leave the country they won't even be able to get out of it. I mean we're, we're just not ready for tourism are we? No we're not no we're, have, not, we're,
5: we're, middle, no, we're certainly not middle middle ready I mean, you, and you can clearly see even, even with the restaurants and the hotels today they, they're staff shortages that are mm-hmm. there at this moment a moment now, people have moved on from some of those industries and they're retrained in uh, in different industries and they've gone back to work in, in, for a different lifestyle because obviously those particular lifestyles are, are may not suit family life but you know we yeah. are definitely not ready when it comes to tourism in this country and look at the minister for tourism has to do it has to do with that catherine martin has to do with that but the book stops really with hildegard nocton and airman ryan Maybe Eamon
0: Ryan... Knows well, sorry, Christy, sorry, go
1: ahead, Christy Burke. Sorry.
0: Maybe Eamon maybe, maybe Ryan should base an office out there for the next couple of weeks and he should go along the line today and speak to people who've been sleeping in the airport since last night. One particular, particular traveller, a girl going to Boston. She's from Galway. She took up position yesterday evening and slept outside, but she's still in a queue. Maybe the minister should walk the line and, and speak to people and see what their views are in relation to thinking outside the box by bringing in the defence forces.
1: But see, the problem is the genie is now out of the bottle, so to speak, because Dublin Airport, the DAA, will be again putting up their tweets, as they did last week, saying please don't arrive before two and a half before, hours before your flight. But the yep. passengers, as I said, have lost faith. And this weekend will be one of the busiest weekends of the year so far. They're expecting probably seventy to 80,000 passengers this weekend in a day. And I guarantee you, guarantee you, people will be arriving seven hours before their flight. Absolutely. Absolutely. And
0: there will be mayhem again this weekend. And the DAA will promise you the deers in the park, which you'll go and catch them yourself.
1: <laughs> well listen, thank you very much indeed, and I appreciate you coming on the air, former Lord Mayor Christy Bork and also Senator Sharon Kyogan. Thanks very much indeed for coming on. The air. Good thank luck. You. All right, um, everybody seems to be singing from the same hymn sheet, so to speak. Everybody discussed what's happening, nobody taking responsibility. Eamon Ryan is instructed to an airport authority to provide solutions within twenty four hours. That's not gonna to happen. To ensure the chaos witness at the weekend doesn't happen again. They're not going to guarantee that, although they've said it already. The DAA have said, no, we've learned our lesson. This is not going to happen again. It will. Of course it'll happen this weekend again. And they'll put their tweets up on social media telling people only arrive two and a half hours or three and a half hours if it's an international flight. They'll tell you to do that. And then come Friday, they'll do exactly what they did yesterday and the day before. They'll put out another tweet saying, uh-oh, sorry, we've a disaster in our hands. Can Kenya's all come early now. We're sorry about that now. It's a mess. An absolute, another mess. How not to run an airport. And you know what? Dermot Lacey makes a very good point. Sometimes I'm in favour of privatisation, sometimes I'm not. But at least when something is privatised, they're answerable. And then you, have the minister for transport, is answerable. Um, Dublin Airport, of course, the privatisation and it was privatised between two thousand five and two thousand sixteen. It was a semi, it was a state body and then a semi state body for a long time. Uh, my father worked in the airport when it was a state body, when it was Aer Lingus and and the operator at the time. not wasn't the DAA; it was Aerienta was the name of the operator at the time. And I have to be honest with you: it was a disaster, or should I say, it was run a lot better than it is now. It became a disaster when it was privatised. And, you know, Willie Walsh did a good job at running Dublin Airport at one stage. And then he went over to BA because he was headhunted because he was doing such a good job. And now I don't know who's running it now. I haven't got a clue. Well, I don't think Anybody knows actually who's running it or nobody's running it properly. Certainly well, the DA are running it. But they're making a mess of it. And, you know, they, it's easy to blame COVID and say we lost staff. And yes, they did lose staff during COVID. But that's not good enough for the thousands of passengers who are paying good money for flights. There's a lot of people talking about the chief executive of the DAA, uh, Dalton Phillips. Yeah, he did, not or well, it was announced on May the 13th, that he was planning to resign from his position anyway, or his current role, in September this year. So people are saying, sure, he's going anyway, now yeah, Well, he is going anyway. Uh, let me just go to Anne. Anne, you're in Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you doing, Anne?
2: I'm good, thanks, thanks now, very
1: much. And you worked in Dublin Airport. Um, yeah. And it should be, by the way, somewhere you should be proud to have worked in. Um, my father worked there for 30 years. And you also worked in Shannon as well.
2: Yes. I started in Shannon in 1991 after the Gulf War okay. as security. And then I proceeded on to one of the major airlines.
1: That would have been my difficult war- after the Gulf War because it became very strict after the Gulf War, didn't it?
2: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. we did our security and then we went on to check in and the whole lot. So I stayed there and we started covering Dublin since 2009. Okay. Uh, so basically, then we worked in Dublin and Shannon, a few of us.
1: So you were um, one of those people at that uh, area there where you take your shoes off, take your belt off, your watch off, and uh,
2: no, I wasn't at security up in Dublin. I would have been working for, with one of the major airlines.
1: Oh, okay, all right. Uh, okay.
2: We, we, so it would be ticketing, check-in, gates, ramp, the whole lot.
1: Okay, so when you so see we, those, when you see the video footage yesterday. Um, you know, and the, and the pictures online of people literally queuing in a snake-like fashion up and down the ramps outside of the terminal. Yeah, uh, yes. How does that make you feel when you see that?
2: Do you know, it 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 made me smile, and it's maybe an awful thing to say, but I'm currently back in Shannon Airport. I work four days on and two days off uh, in a different um, in a different area, but I'm working with public the public, so I'm not in marketing or anything like that. And I can see how easy it is for people to get in and out of Shannon Airport. The Ryanair flights are chock-a-block. Aer Lingus are quite happy with the transatlantic. They have a Boston and New York every day, and United have a flight to Newark every day. I'm, I'm on the floor so I can see what's happening and how easy it is. We have people coming down from Kildare and Newbridge, up from Mayo, that are coming down to Shannon to use it because of its easy access. And you know what? It, 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 it needs to know that Dublin isn't the only place in the world. Yeah, Dublin is in double. the
1: centre of the universe. Yeah, Correct. I, get
2: it. I mean, yeah. people can travel very easy in and out of Shannon. We have a, a good network down there. There's lovely, great flights, lovely destinations. And I, I smiled and I said, you know what, this is going on for years. I've seen it in Dublin when I was on the ramp waiting for the particular airlines to come in. And they could wait an hour outside in the tarmac. Because there was there was congestion, there was no um, no area for them to park. Mm-hmm. So this has gone on. This is not a, a not a new thing. It's because yes, they did lose a lot of staff uh, due to COVID, and I, I can appreciate that because it took me two over two months to get my own uh, Shannon ID back now. Because uh, of course we had to be vetted, and there's additional vetting to to be done uh, this time. But I at least we got an ID, and I can see that they're getting extra staff down in Shannon. I see street sport hiring staff. So they are getting them through. It is taking longer, but Shannon is walking very well. And I'm, I have a brother. Uh, and I'm, I'm not doubting
1: that for a minute. And people have mentioned Shannon and Cork, by the way. Mm. But in saying that, if we were to move many flights to Shannon and Cork, I uh, mean, the scheduled flights, the New York flights, or uh, I don't know. They don't have immigration in Shannon, do they? Uh,
2: sorry now, no. We were the first uh, city outside of the US to have. U.S. Customs. We had it way before Dublin.
1: Oh, okay. So you do so have immigration. Full, okay.
2: Full customs clearance. We used to have British Airways aircraft. Two of them, in fact, used to come into Shannon to clear U.S. Customs uh, pre-COVID. Oh, and okay. they were all business class gentlemen with relatively no bags and they'd be in and out on the tarmac in about an hour and 15 minutes and off to the
1: U.S. But it because but of pre sh- free clearance. But is Shannon right now, I mean, okay, because of obviously the, the schedule flights that run out of Shannon, it's able to cope with it. If we start adding, say, 20 or 30% onto that and throwing an extra few scheduled flights to New York or Boston or Spain or whatever it happens to be, do you think Shannon could handle that?
2: Absolutely. And I'm 100% confident that they would. I can see the Malta flight, which is a new flight that Ryanair have brought on this year, and it's chock-a-block with Ryanair passengers. And everybody's happy. You have a bit of a queue maybe in the morning for a breakfast, but you can be guaranteed you'll get a breakfast uh, both. Downstairs on the arrivals and upstairs uh, for before departures. And so, and so, so what do you
1: what do you think is the reluctance then to do that? Why why oh, is there reluctance? Because everybody
2: wants Dublin. It's always Dublin. It's been going on for years and years. I mean, I was working for the major airline when this whole stopover stopped. I mean, we used to come into Shannon and the flight would go on to Dublin and come back to, That's to Shannon.
1: That's right, I remember that. But that, mind you, now, that was a, some of that was a huge waste of time with the greatest respect. Of course. I was of on course. one of those flights once and yeah. literally two people got off.
2: Right, well, I don't know about that now. I would have been working on that those particular flights and we had no bother. We, we, you know, the passengers used to come on and off. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of course, we had no pickup rights between Shannon and Dublin, so it was just, um, it depended on the route, but Shannon is definitely a very open, it's just not marketing enough And it's a great, it's a super airport to get in and out of. No, and look, it's ideal for
1: people in Limerick and Cork and everywhere else as well. Well, not so much maybe Cork, but I mean, when I say it's still reasonably easy to get to from Cork. But But transatlantic-wise,
2: it's it's just super with with U.S. customs clearance. I mean, I met a lady down at check-in last week and they held the check-in open for her. She was above, through U.S. customs, through the duty-free uh, within 25 minutes with her three children. And I said to her, I was down at check-in, and she said, oh, yes, I remember you. I said, you're a lucky woman. I said, because a staff member walked up with her. I said, you wouldn't get that in any other airport, and you made your flight in 25 minutes, clearing US customs. And she said, I, I, she said yeah, it's a, it's a great airport. I said, you need to, to tag this airport. Go on Twitter, go on Instagram and say how easy it is. And she was on a transatlantic flight.
1: All right. well listen it's it's a point well made and listen thank you very much and I appreciate your comment a lot of people by the way online and social media are saying very much the same thing as you were saying as well that we certainly should move some of the scheduled flights to Shannon or indeed to Cork as well Uh, thank you very much indeed and lots of your messages by the way coming in on WhatsApp as well let me just play one or two of those for you if I can
6: Hi now Mark here I'm just listening to your conversation about getting the army in to help out at Dublin airport it's a ridiculous idea to have that happening, because the simple fact is lots of industries around the country are suffering with shortage of staff because of the pandemic, because people went home, left the country, retired, found new jobs, new opportunities. Dublin Airport have been underpaying people uh, to do that kind of job, because they gave them bad contracts, so people are not staying there. The cost of living is costing a fortune. You, you know, most people to get out to work at Dublin Airport, they're going to they're gonna have to drive out, and that's costing more money because of the cost of fuel and everything today and the cost of living. So it's not worth their while to go to that job. Now, if you believe that working security at Durban Airport at €14 an hour is a good job, well I'm afraid I don't think it is a good job, and I think that's one of the issues that they have. Reality is all industries are suffering from a shortage, but why do we have to say, well, uh, it's because we're all going on our holidays, we're all getting upset about it. You know, the fact is you can't get service in a restaurant because there's no staff, because they're not you know, not enough staff and they're not being paid enough. Does this happen? What do we do? Throw the army into that job as well? Thanks for that. Sorry I can't come on, Mark here. Bye.
1: Okay, so you basically mark what you're saying. It's up to them to get themselves out of the trouble they're in in the first place. Absolutely couldn't do much more. Yeah. You're not going to put the army into a hotel or a bar, are you? Um,
7: Hi, Niall. Mary here. I just wanted to comment on this expression that the airport are using, that it was a blip. Well, let me give you some insight into the blip. Um, I came back with my family from Santorini, uh Very possibly nice. into the second week in may mm-hmm. <clears throat> and we got it in in the early hours of the morning and like that doctor said it was carnage the place was filthy the toilets absolutely destroyed filthy dirt everywhere bags left unattended all over the airport so much for uh not leaving a bag unattended they were on the uh the baggage claim area there was bags on that going around there were bags and piles everywhere and not a member of staff to be seen so this blip was going on weeks ago and they should be ashamed of themselves you never you never see an airport like that when you travel around the world and you always see our guys on talking about how great it is it's not it's a shambles
1: yeah, a lot of people saying that, by the way, when you go to the arrivals area, there was piles of suitcases everywhere. And somebody else says that they got off their flight and it took two hours for the bags to come out on the carousel. And even when they did, it was over 45 minutes before they were all put onto the carousel, because obviously there's a lack of staff in that department as well, probably.
8: Sorry, guys, uh, just listening to the conversation there. We can't come on to the radio. Uh, I actually worked for the DAA, a part of the security, a couple of years back, and... Um, They gave gave us all 16 hour contracts and that wasn't enough hours for people but they said don't worry there'll be plenty of hours but don't worry about it Um, and which we all did get 39 hours but obviously when the looks of the pandemic hit they brought everyone back down to 16 hour contracts so people left you know what I mean Um, which is fair enough you know people had mortgages and bills to pay and they just couldn't survive in 16 hours alone. And yeah, since then, it's never recovered. Obviously, um I still have one or two friends that still walk there. But yeah, they never recovered. And now they're trying to get people in and trained. But it's a good month or two training before you can start. And even at that, you couldn't be turning to a deep end like that. So to be honest, I think it's the DAA's fault, their own fault.
1: Absolutely. Well, you're right. I mean, if you're giving somebody a 16-hour contract, but on the side promising them that you're going to give them 39 to 40, hour, 40 hours a week, which is well and good. But then when the you-know-what hits the fan during a pandemic or at any time, when maybe when it's not busy or something during the winter season, you're saying, oh, well, you're back down to 16 hours. That's no good to somebody who has a family. You're absolutely right. They need to give them a guarantee that it's a full-time job. These 16-hour contracts, are indeed zero-hour contracts, are absolutely pointless, particularly for jobs with great responsibility like that. Hello, Niall. I'm an airport staff member for nearly three decades. I was an employee when it was a state body and now a semi-state body. I totally agree with the ex-Lord Mayor. When you joined the state body, you started a career in the airport and you were trained, equipped and supported to carry out your role. In 2000, they became a semi-state with the government support, and now 20 years later, you have the DAA. The DAA just want a low-cost, quick turnover, minimum investment in employees. The DAA wanted 700 to go during the pandemic instead of putting us all on uh, the pandemic TWSS. Uh, 1300 or 1300 employees applied what does that say about the semi state body this is a semi state body for transport that hasn't been able to get into the top 100 companies in ireland for several years yet three other semi state bodies also involved in transport all are within the top 20 to 25 in now 2019 we had 31 million through dublin airport approximately 80,000 on a bank holiday and it was done successfully why because the staff were invested in the airport why should we uh, why should we be now oh yeah why should we be now uh, when we were being treated as badly as the paying public i'm ashamed ashamed of the daa senior management and the board of directors all right now we're just going to take one more call on this, by the way, and I do want to get some calls, by the way. Were you ever a victim of physical abuse in school? You know, being slapped, grabbed by the ear, pulled by the hair by a school teacher? Let me know, text or WhatsApp right now. The number's 087 188 zero eight. And do you believe they should be retrospectively charged with assault? Let me go to Fiona. You're an Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you doing, Fiona?
9: Hi, Niall. I'm very nervous. My first time on the radio.
1: Oh, don't be nervous. Do you know what, Fiona? It's just like chatting to your mate on the phone. <laughs> okay.
9: We flew in myself and my husband from Barcelona last Sunday night.
8: Okay. At about
9: quarter Monday morning, about quarter past one in the morning. Okay. And when we got there, there was carnage when we came to the arrivals. There were bags everywhere, but one of our bags never came out of the carousel; it was missing.
1: And were you waiting? By the way, just out of curiosity, because somebody else mentioned this earlier on. When you got to the airport, how long were you waiting for the bags to eventually come out in the first no, place?
9: No, it was, to be fair, it was quite quickly. Okay, I'd okay. say within the hour, to okay. be fair, it was. But we realised one of our bags was missing and it didn't come out. So we had to hang around for about an hour and a half to fill out one of the missing bags, for the, okay. m- the tag for the missing bags. Um, and we've been waiting since last Sunday night okay. for news on our bag. Now, we flew with the Aer Lingus. And you get through, on the lost luggage, you get through to a central line. Okay. Well, I think it's in India or Pakistan. It's not in Dublin airport. Okay. And we've made hundreds of calls. You have to make about 31 calls before you get through to the call center. And Dublin airport aren't replying to their emails either to look for our lost luggage.
1: So have you and any idea where your luggage is?
9: Um, from the last call, they said it in, came in on a, a different flight. It missed its flight. And it, it missed the out the
1: air. <laughs> the luggage missed its flight. <laughs> in other words, somebody luggage forgot somebody flight to was, put it on, obviously, yeah. It was
9: put on on, on a wrong,
1: on the wrong plane in
9: Barcelona, yeah. And it came in about two hours later and they said it's in Terminal 1 Okay. in the baggage department. But Erlingus are in Terminal 2. Okay. And their lost luggage department won't liaise with the ground handlers. They They're just not in contact with each other. So I'm here eight days later. But still no bag Still no information on where my bag is. Now, I'm sure I'm one of many.
1: Okay, so you have a vague idea where it is. It's just getting people to communicate with each other so you can yeah. go and collect it.
9: Yeah. Well, yeah. You, you shouldn't
1: have, by the way, you shouldn't have to collect it. It should be delivered to your door.
9: No, I was willing to drive up to Dublin. I know. Try and retrieve it. If I could go through the, you know, the warehouse where all they keep the bags, I would have went through all the bags myself.
1: I know. But, but, not, just, but you, they, have a, they have an obligation to deliver it to your door they do it but that's the way it works if they lose your bag they have an obligation to deliver to your door
9: well I'm eight days later that's terrible anything
1: like you I'm can, sure I mean don't it get me is. wrong bags get mislaid every now and again right it, it's rare thankfully it doesn't happen too often I hope uh, but you know one or two days is what I say is acceptable it's not acceptable but it can happen but eight days
9: it's eight days and we spoke to one of a lovely ground handler I just bought some miracle I got through to some ground handler and she said that it's chaotic up there. Right. There's bags abandoned everywhere.
1: Somebody did mention that earlier on, that in the arrivals area, there's stacks of suitcases everywhere.
9: Yeah, when we arrived in the arrivals area where the carousel is, there was hundreds of bags in every corner. You'd wonder, who, own,
1: you'd wonder who owns all these bags.
9: Yeah, and there's somebody behind those bags. Absolutely. Like with me, now it's everything I own. Can and I shoot. give a little
1: tip? I'm going to give a little tip to everybody, including yourself, by the way, okay. right? And, and for future use. It's not going to help you now, by the way unfortunately um, and it's sad by the way that they have I suppose passed the burden to deal with complaints to a call centre that's not in Ireland you know and I'm not saying that from a racist point of view but it, but obviously for, uh, from Aer Lingus's point of view it looks bad for service to go you know and get it done cheaply mm. um, but if you go online and buy an AirTag Apple do them there's a few different companies do them so I don't okay. just promote Apple but I have the Apple ones you can buy four of them for 100 quid they're 20 quid each or something like that right and they're called an air tag, and it's a little disc, you get it on a key ring. And what I do is I put it into my suitcase. So okay. no matter where I go, if I land in, say, Spain and there's no sign of my suitcase, I know where the suitcase is because I can see it on the air tag on my app on the phone on a map of the world. And I know exactly where it is. I can actually pinpoint it to about a hundred feet to where my suitcase is. So I know exactly where it is. So you know if your suitcase is coming with you out of the time. I wish I'd known that thing. So, and it's just a little tip for people. I do it now. I've done it for the last three times I've been away. And the Apple AirTag, put it into your suit. Just put one in your suitcase, um, and you can. Then when you're not on holidays, you can use it for your keys or your wallet or anything else mm-hmm. you want to use it for. They're only really about the size of a, a one euro coin. Or two euro okay. coin, maybe a little bit bigger. Two euro coin, and they they give it. They give you a little kind of key ring with it that it fits onto as well. That goes onto your keys, but you can just put pop it into your suitcase, and then you know. The next time. And you know exactly, no matter where you are in the world, you know where your suitcase. As you can say to people, "What's the point? It's still lost. It is still lost. But at least you've won up. If they turn around to yeah. you and say we 'We don't know where it is.'" You can say, "Well, I know exactly where it is. It's on the tarmac in Dublin Airport, and I'm in Barcelona, or vice versa, whichever." No, I, like,
9: uh, I was just hoping or pleading with anybody in Terminal One that if I have my tag, would there be anybody kind enough to, just to look to see is my suitcase there? And I'm willing to drive up to, from Cork.
1: Right. So try and get
9: my suitcase.
1: So where do you think in Terminal One it is? You think it's just in the they arrivals it, area?
9: They, they came in with Swissair on LX four hundred. That's the fly, the flight that my luggage came in on.
1: Okay, LX four hundred. Yeah. Okay. And if there's
9: anybody that would be kind enough, just I have my baggage number as well. If they'd be kind enough just to see is it there, and I'm willing to drive up to Cork, to right, Cork okay. to try and get it.
1: Okay. Well, I, I tell you what, if anybody who is dealing with Swiss Air or anybody who's working in Terminal One can give us a dig out, even if you're listening, if you can give us a dig out to find Fiona's bag, it came in the Swiss Air LX four hundred. Uh, if you think you might know where it might be, and you can help her because she knows it's there somewhere. She just needs to find it. Um, if anybody can communi- or help us communicate and uh, we can pass on details and you can communicate directly with Fiona yourself.
9: You're very good and I love the show. Thank you so much Thanks for Thanks very your much, help. Fiona. Don't forget Thank the air you. tag
1: in future, by the way. Just, by the way, did you have a good time in Barcelona?
9: No, we actually went on a cruise night.
1: Oh, did you? Very good. That was nice. We went
9: on a cruise. So we, went, we flew to Barcelona and we forged a cruise in Barcelona and it was lovely. First oh. holiday away
1: since Covid OK nice Mediterranean how long was the Mediterranean cruise for it was
9: seven days it was
1: lovely nice. it was really Beautiful. nice we enjoyed it I'm glad you enjoyed it I'm glad it's nice to get away for a while isn't it Fiona nope. thank you very much indeed thank you Pretty so much thank you, Bye.
9: There you go. Fiona lost
1: her bag it's in Terminal 1 somewhere come in on LX400 Swiss Air it's in Terminal 1 somewhere if you happen to be working in the airport or you know somebody working in the airport you can think you can help us out find Fiona's bag she's eight days without it nobody's answering the phone nobody's communicating with her she's even written to our themselves they won't reply to any emails. I it is a sad sign, isn't it? When you've got a national airline offsetting its complaints department or its communications to abroad in some foreign country where people and it's not because I'm not talking about because the foreign languages or anything like that. I'm talking about the fact that they don't they're not really in touch because they're not there, are they? You know, at least if it's a girl or a guy in air you know, at the desk in Erlingus, they can go, Well, I will tell you what I'll do. I'll Fiona, I'll have a I'll just I'll I'll saunter down during me lunch break and have a quick look for you and I'll give you a call back in the afternoon do you know what I mean a little bit of a personal touch I know you can't do that for everybody but every now and again it's nice to have those personal touches Real People Real Opinions Real Talk Radio The Multi-Award Winning Niall Boylan Show I-